0: This is the Gospel Revolution.
1: Since you're knocking on the door, you're begging to come in, yeah. I know that all the wild been knocking from within. You are the love
2: you see, A perfect love you
3: need, right?
0: Here's the founder and president of the Gospel Revolution, Michael Lilborn Williams. Hello, Daniel Thomas Rouse. Thank you for the welcome. You are welcome for the welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, you're welcome for the welcome. (laughs) We have all this welcome because, uh, hey, we took last week off. Yeah, we. <laughs> you know, you're always pulling me into your shenanigans. So I thought I'd pull you into
1: mine. <laughs> yeah, well, as my uh, uh, wife used to say, "Turnabout's fair play." I don't, I don't know where that is. is that a, is that a real statement or just Tennessee where she comes?
0: <laughs> I've never heard about turnabout's <laughs> fair play.
1: <And> it's like, <laughs> yeah, whatever that means. I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> So, if any of you out there know turnabout's fair play, then I I bet everybody will be from the South, though.
0: (laughs) I'm from the South, but I'd never heard that. Not only was I gone for a few days, but uh, we have been just captivated by our study, and uh, we have a lot of work to do uh, before the conference. And uh, so, I had told Michael, I said, Michael, we can get another show done, or we can spend some definitely needed time studying (laughs) the revelation. And uh, so we opted to uh, take two days to do some study and my God, some study we have done. My, Mm
1: -mm. Well, I, I am uh, not just excited for you guys now that are going to get to hear this. I'm excited to hear it myself. (laughs) Uh, The, uh, uh, I think the thing that this, Uh, teaching on the revelation is going to make all gospel revolutionaries everywhere very, very grateful and proud of is that we honor the Hebrew scriptures. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't honor, know, and understand at least basically what the Hebrew scriptures are about, you cannot understand the revelation. That's what we have been able to see. Yeah. It's just not, there's just no possibility. You're just going to pull these things out of thin air or some other place. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, th- that's all you can do. That's why you hear all of these things. And, and this one up here is the bear and that bear is Russia and this and that. It's like, <laughs> Lord have mercy. Uh, because the, uh, they make the great mistake that this has anything
0: So make sure you mark your calendars, uh, March 24, 25, and 26. We are coming virtually to your home. Uh, You'll be able to watch on uh, Facebook and YouTube. Uh, So make sure you, before then, you are subscribed to our e-newsletter. You can do that at gospelrevolution.com. You can subscribe there. If you can't figure that out, send me an email at freedom at gospelrevolution with your uh, email address, and we'll make sure you get you on the list. But watch the social media networks and watch your email for information on how you can participate. But uh, mark your calendars, 24, 25, 26 of March, and uh, we are going to dive into the revelation and it's
1: going to be great. It, it really <laughs> is. And uh, this on this conference, uh, we uh, Daniel and I are going to be the only teachers in this because And and the only reason we've done that is because he and I are uh, the only ones that's been able to go through this together to uh, have uh, other teachers teaching on other things. It's not going to work, even though I'm sure it'd be great stuff. All of our uh, teachers that join us have always contributed uh, greatly. But this time it's just simply because of the demand of getting through 22 chapters. Of Mm. the revelation, and uh, that uh, Daniel and I are going to tackle this uh, by ourselves. We are really uh, there's been times it's like, oh my god, it's only two months left. Oh my god, it's only one month left, and then we get studying, it's like, oh, this is gonna be okay, and then a week later, oh my god, it's (laughs) (laughs) just we have definitely been uh imploring the Holy ghost, the great teacher to get off his bum and do his job. You know? <laughs> uh, Cause we have no hope outside of that it's when it comes to teaching any of the gospel. And it's the, the Holy ghost has done a fine job. I have to say, I don't really know how all that works. I just know that I, the, uh, the gospel is smarter than me, mm. Daniel, and uh, I don't, I never thought this way. Now, the gospel taught me to think completely differently. Oh my goodness. Those of you listening, please, please, please hear this uh, exhortation. Please listen to the gospel enough to where the gospel can teach you to think differently enough to where you can handle life regardless of what comes. I'm telling you, you really can. We're not telling you what the others that teach other Gospels that uh, uh, Jesus is going to come take care of all your problems and uh, you pray about it. We don't teach any of that. You know why we don't teach it? It ain't true. It don't work. Mm -hmm. And if it worked, we'd still be doing it. Would you think we'd give that up if we were actually having results? I mean, (laughs) who would do that? Uh, But we can tell you what does really work, and that is that the uh, influence, the gospel is such a unique way to think. It is singularly separate from all other psychologies on the face of planet Earth. There Mm -hmm. is no other psychology like the gospel in pertaining to an individual relating to life and relating to other people and relating to God. There just is, there's nothing like, there is nothing like it. The uh, ability to face life knowing, number one, that all things that every denomination on earth makes you concerned about, it's finished. Mm -hmm. Every one of them, they are established because of a concern. They are all established because something's wrong. They're all established because they're trying to fix something. And the gospel is not trying to fix anything. It's all been the, what the gospel reveals to us has been fixed, has been fixed at the cross. Oh, no. here I am, off and a running already. <laughs> <laughs> Keep on running. <laughs> but the gospel establishes a uh, a pattern of thought and a way of thinking. That just absolutely empowers you to deal with what's coming down the pike at you, mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, Daniel and I were talking about some things just before, and it's like you know they they're really major things about his life or my life and and uh it's like, well, you know, you can do this, you can do that there's there's ways to deal with this, yeah. and uh it's like, hmm, wonderful. How about that? So then we could do this or we could do that. Uh, it's just amazing. I mean, and it's it just, uh, it's it's about things. We talked about things that would be major changes, but they don't feel major, do they? Tim? No, not at all. I mean, nope. it was just, yeah. I, I mean, and I see the smile on your face after us talking about this that it's like you can see your way through this now. Yeah. Exactly, and so, and I don't have to pray about it. <laughs> how about that? Because it don't work. Now, those of you that think prayer works, please don't quit. I mean, you know.
0: yeah, yeah. If you keep on a prayer,
1: yeah, and if you think that you're still in sin, please keep asking forgiveness because it's the only release to the pressure valve that you can have is mm-hmm. to ask forgiveness. But we're telling you, there's no pressure that to be to have a valve for the boiler has been destroyed that created sin and now you don't need a pressure valve to get rid of sin you all all you need is the mindset that goes along with the new kingdom with the kingdom of god the heavenly realm the here realm the the union of heaven and earth together living here all as one and god and man and, and mm. i that there's nothing moving or shifting away from you or closer to you that is dictated by your circumstances. Yeah. Uh, I mean, how many times Daniel did we go through that that you know when we're uh, I I've heard people just this last week. I'm so sensitive to it now. And people just saying things like, you know, well, I just uh I I feel so very far from the Lord or so very far from God and that just it's like what? Yeah. How could that possibly be? I haven't felt anything like that in uh, probably going on 20 years. And if it had only been a month, it would have been the best month of my life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but none of those concepts are there. And only the gospel of peace and the gospel of grace That was accomplished by Jesus and preached by Paul has that effect. Yeah. Uh, You know, you can redefine sin if you want to, but then you're going to be dealing with sin the rest of your life. We don't deal with sin. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, we go back to the old rock and roll song, never been a sinner, never sinned. I got a friend in Jesus. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, yeah, that's where you get your doctrine from in the gospel revolution. Rock and roll songs. No, the rock and roll song just happened to get it right all those years Yeah. Uh, So, all right, I'm all wound up. Let me, let me.
0: You know, but along those lines, Michael, we got an email this week um, uh, asking about the, I don't know if you heard about this, the Asbury College Revival. Uh, it's been huge. Actually, I seen, uh, there was a clip on it, even on Fox news, uh, about this revival that's broken out and, uh, they had a chapel service at their college. And then, uh, here we are, I don't know how many days they're into it now, three, four weeks. Uh, they've had church every day and people are coming from all over the country, all over the world to come and, uh, attend this revival. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, isn't that all that. That's going on is just uh, people trying to deal with the things you just talked about. Exactly, uh, getting in the will of God, getting their sin taken care of. Um, I'm sure there's probably healing lines, and uh, I think I saw a clip the other day about some person, some quote demon, uh, unquote uh, screaming course. out. Yeah, uh, you know, so you have all of this going on, and uh, you know what? What is this? It's a fresh bunch of students that were never exposed to this bullshit.
1: And, uh, now, you know, something's happened and it's all new to them. And, 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 you know, I'm not even going to ask you to forgive me for being so blunt about my response to it, because I can't just in my 70 years of life, I can't count the number of times these things started. Yeah. And do you know what every one of them ended in? They ended in another denomination forming. And spiritual mm. abuse, starting in the churches that they that they formed, yeah now ask me about this one uh you know uh five years from now right and and I'll give you an answer because I've been through too many of them I've been to the five year mark on these by the dozens, and mm-hmm. uh, uh you know i've I also heard that they got into a uh a voodoo ritual over in Haiti. And man, it uh, the the spirit broke out, and and they're they're still you know shaking skulls, and you know can't stop. <laughs> I mean, it's just powerful yeah. what's happening. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, you know that may be offensive to people that I would put it on that same level, but it's on the same level. All of that is a distraction from the gospel. It's not a manifestation of the gospel. It's still people looking for some physical kingdom. The Jews seek a sign, you know it's, uh, it's still the same thing, uh, everybody trying to figure out you know the the signs of the times and Jesus said, no signs going to be given uh, mm-hmm. but that of the prophet Jonas and uh, that sign was the uh, being in the, the belly of the earth for three days and Jesus coming back out. the only yeah. sign. This is the only sign. <laughs> 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 and uh, so now we're on this side of this and we've got this crazy re recurring. I mean, the thing when, when uh, they decided that there was a rapture, oh my God, uh, they start that broke out into a revival and went on for a couple of years or more. And then that doctrine spread throughout the world and has paralyzed people. Uh, so, uh, yeah, ask me, ask me a couple of years from now, you know, about the productivity of this. Let me assure you that Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus Christ was, was part of this whole plan before the foundation of the world. Jesus Christ was in greatest of detail through the law, the Psalms and the prophets, uh, the prophets foretold exactly what he would do and exactly what it would accomplish. Jesus knew exactly what he was going to do and what he was going to accomplish. Paul and uh, Apollos both have taught exactly what Jesus did and exactly what he accomplished. You know, isn't it it amazing that, uh, uh, you know, you just don't see these things uh, uh, in the New Testament. I mean, you know, they had uh, multitudes of people that were coming to believe. But see, if you have to go to a place to experience God, you don't know the gospel. Mm-hmm. I don't have to move one inch one way or the other to have all of the experience of the peace of the gospel in my heart and mind uh i wouldn't I wouldn't spend five minutes driving across the street to see something like that did come on did did. <laughs> Did I sound like I kind of was persuaded?
0: To this? <laughs> <laughs> a wee bit. You know, I, I have participated in some of these um, events, if you will, as I was growing up in Christianity. Um, I was just with my dad here a few days ago, and he was uh, looking at some old pictures in his phone, and he was reminded of, uh, we had uh, a revival, if you will of kids uh, in our church. Uh, we had this thing. Uh, it started with a vacation Bible school that we did for little kids in June or July, a week-long event, and then it turned into an every Saturday thing. And uh, we, in our little church, we literally had uh, hundreds of kids coming every weekend. And I remember a couple of the services. We had the altars filled, and yeah. we had uh, little five-, six-year-olds speaking in tongues and yeah. waking and shaking and you know all that stuff. But, as you said, at the end of it,
3: yeah yeah
0: what what has been the long term change i mean there they it went away, the kids went away, no lasting result uh I remember being a part of one with uh Larry Huggins and uh, one of my professors from Rama uh at my uncle's church. um These were two different events, and uh both of them lasted about a month, and we went through and we had service every day and Back in that day, I would say things were happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, people were getting healed. and But, you know, at the end of the month, people stopped getting healed. And people stopped coming and the uh, revival ended. And it was all like, what was all of that for? What did it accomplish? Yeah,
1: and the people that got healed d- were uh, back in the same condition that yep. they were in.
0: Exactly. And
1: uh, as far as long-term effect, Daniel, I think it did have a long-term effect.
0: Yeah. To the contrary. Yeah. To the, to the, to the
1: bad. Uh, there, there was nothing good came out of that. I can mm. tell you, Daniel Thomas Rouse, my dear friend, nothing good came out of that. And you know it didn't. But yep. you do know that that uh, abuse and damage came out of that. Self-doubt. Yep. Uh, the desperation to try. To, how will you ever settle and understand that you are and God are one? Uh, as long as that experience was the demonstration of what it was to be close to God. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, not impressed. Oh, but the money came in. Yep, it's really- I remember my aunt sitting down at uh, the minister's table after service one day, and she said, uh, this is the biggest offering that I have ever counted in our church. And all these years, I had no idea there was that much money in this church. Wow. <laughs>
1: yeah. That's the thing, goodness gracious. And it's not that it was deliberately done to bring in the money. Right. Yeah. But, you know, and, and then when people feel that they, uh, they're a part of something, they they are going to contribute to it. But the... the-
0: where? It sure helps keep it going, though. It does. <laughs> uh, it keeps that pastor preaching pretty hard. Yeah, you know? <laughs> pretty good. I know I'd be preaching pretty good at a ten thousand dollar offering <laughs> <Yeah>. every night. <laughs> exactly. What is it you want me to say? <laughs> and so, miracles? I got miracles. <laughs> yes, up every sleeve.
1: Uh, and see, that's the the fool that I am. Is that I I I did all that stuff. Mm. I did all that stuff. How many places could I tell you that quote Revival broke out? Churches in Ad- Atlanta, uh, churches in Michigan, and they kept growing and growing, and the pastors kept having me back week after week. And we had people in the, uh, uh, I remember especially in, in uh, both of these churches, it was a simultaneous thing. And uh, they had people as many as 50 people a week joining a church that was a church of 200 people. Mm. And uh, uh, they had as many as uh, 50 and they had never heard the pastor speak Wow! because I was back every Sunday morning. Uh, That church grew to over a thousand in weeks. And, uh, uh, you know, the scramble for a new building and a bigger place and, Uh, now, you know, I've heard from friends and stuff about it, that pastor's still there and they're down to about 200 or less and probably less than that now and, and nothing there at all. But I have talked to people who were a part of that, who've shared with me, uh, the damage of that and the manipulation and control that the pastor tried to use over people after this whole thing was done, trying to appeal to them about the, the, the value of, this and what they needed to do as a
0: response to it and how many times do you hear the th- scandals that come out of oh. these um these things and and that's what it is is because i think the the ministers start to get this complex about them that yeah. they have this control over the people and uh you know it starts getting pretty easy to say hey lady you know yeah <laughs> get over here and get in my bed you know exactly um, and 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 in many other ways, not just sexually, but in in other ways as well. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, I guess uh, you know, involve yourself if you'd like. Yeah. But if you want any uh, encouragement, page on. <laughs> yeah. I mean,
1: you know, if you want to go, go. If you want to spend the time to go down there, uh, goodness, I, I'll guarantee you, if you know much about the gospel at all, you're not going to feel anything. Yeah. Because you're going to see right through it all.
0: Yeah, boy, I remember the first couple of those meetings that I went to after um, getting even a glimpse of the gospel. Uh, I've been in Larry Huggins meetings, and I've been in uh, you know these uh, camp meetings yeah. and different things like that. And as you said, man, my perspective was so different. Yeah, <laughs> so different. Oh,
1: goodness. Yeah, and it changed from one that made you susceptible and capable of being a part of a moment and living Mm. that moment, but it takes away your ability to live every day in peace. Wow. Sorry, the trade's not that good.
0: Yeah, I would take the everyday Mm -hmm. peace over a momentarily, an hour or two hour service that Makes me feel all warm and tingly inside. Yeah, exactly. Well, Michael, um, I, I know we had kind of come into this podcast planning on hitting the mailbag. Um, because we've been covering some pretty uh, massive territory uh, in the last couple months, uh, we got some questions and some feedback that I think would be worthwhile for us to look at. Well, let's do it, Reverend Rouse. Reverend, <laughs> <laughs> we, we are happy to see, um, Barry Laney being very active on uh, Facebook. Thanks Barry for, uh, uh put, putting out your, your post and your Facebook pages are, are quite active. Uh, I know every time I log onto Facebook now, I see, uh, Barry posting and awesome. I always feel encouraged. Um, and, uh, Michael Barry sent us a, um, a, I guess a question um a a question with an explanation to why he has the question and uh you and i had both looked at it and we had gone over it and you were reminiscing about uh time Mm -hmm. that you had also looked at this um but basically his question was uh who is lucifer uh he admits i honestly don't know i don't think he is satan or the devil question mark i thought that Maybe he is Jesus, and then he goes through uh, Isaiah 13 mm-hmm. and 14, uh, which has this uh, only time that the uh, the name Lucifer is brought up in the in the Hebrew scriptures or the Bible in its entirety. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that is an interesting question, and I have to admit to you, Michael, that um, uh, this has always been a question to me: is who is this Lucifer? Yeah, um, I've heard people say that he's not the devil; uh, that he was just a, a a natural king. Um, but uh, I don't know. I, it's always perplexed me.
1: Yes. And I remember also uh, after ruminating on this with uh, Barry, it, it sounded, the question sounded very familiar. It rang very familiar in. me uh, Cause I remember when I went through that question, you know, is this really talking about the devil? Mm-hmm. And uh even considered the possibility it was talking about Jesus, because it does talk about him coming from heaven and winding up in the grave. Uh, so uh, there's but that's where the similarities end. The only way that we can uh define about Lucifer, uh and we're we're not going to go into you can go back and read uh, Isaiah. Uh, Well, let's read Isaiah 14, 12, at least that one verse. And then we will show you a direct comparison and show you why our research in Revelation also has been so successful.
0: Uh, This will be a little insight into the uh, research in Revelation. Uh, Isaiah chapter 14 and verse 12 reads, How you have fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning, how you are cut down to the ground. You who weaken the nations. Uh, Verse 13, for you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Yet you shall be brought down to Sheol, to the lowest depths of the pit. Yeah. So uh,
1: you can see a process there, if you will, loosely be connected to the story of Jesus himself, Uh, but the uh, implications are that this is uh, not a good character. (laughs) Uh, The the, uh, goals here are not to redeem the world. The goals here are to deceive. Yeah. So you've you've got a couple of things there. Uh now uh, how do we determine then though about the term Lucifer itself as separate or the same as Satan and the the of course the serpent, you know, that's uh we've got the serpent in the garden to deal with also. Uh so is there something now uh we've crossed into verses uh in Uh, Revelation, and other places that group all these names together. And then there is another one. And that one is, I think, found in Revelations 12, 7 through 9. So I think if we go to that one, uh, it might clear this up for
0: all of us. It reads, And war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought. But they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out. That serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast Mm -hmm. to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. All right. So
1: uh, we know uh, uh, that Lucifer had other angels. One-third is what the prophecy says and uh, he was deceiving and uh so uh the the serpent i don't know of and i know that the uh serpent is uh obviously the devil and but this takes this all the way back uh to the various very earliest of any of this uh other beings uh being in resistance or rebellion to god and this includes them all. And uh, this is them being cast out of uh, heaven permanently. We do know that uh, Satan Satan had to come from heaven because, remember, Jesus said nobody can go to heaven except they came from there. Yeah. And we find in the book of Job, uh, him going into heaven to accuse right before the throne of God. Uh, to accuse Job back and forth. And um, we see some changes then. It's interesting because when Jesus sent out his disciples to perform healings, uh, real ones, (laughs) uh, that um, uh, as, as they went out and they came back and told Jesus, he said, yeah, yeah, I know. He said, I saw Lucifer. I saw Satan falling from heaven like lightning. So Satan is a heavenly creature. And if he is not Lucifer, there is no other uh definition for him in all of the writings about heaven and about the heaven's uh host. Uh goodness, we've gone through all of these terms with fine tooth comb. And uh so uh you have to take this back to a being that was in, was in heaven at, at one time, even as Isaiah 14, 12 states and as revelation chapter 12 states, but also includes him as the serpent. I don't know of too many people that, uh, uh, have a question, uh, about, uh, Lucifer being that serpent that was in the garden. Now, Let's say that Lucifer is separate from all of this. Then if he is, we have an entity to deal with that we have zero information on anywhere at all in any way. Mm -hmm. Nothing. Uh, Nothing in the gospel about him. Nothing about his defeat. Nothing about his uh, 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 being uh, cast uh, down, even as it says. Uh, and then as Revelation brings it in, that he was indeed that serpent that was also the garden. So uh, my conclusion, which I was really appreciative of this from Barry. And, I, and again, I'm so excited for Barry and with Barry because uh, I love having Barry back. Barry was one of those people who I don't know what point he started listening to me. I think he told me he had been listening. And then I found these videos online of somebody sharing the gospel. You just Uh don't know what that did for me. You know, this is goodness gracious, uh, uh, almost a couple of decades ago. And just this uh, Southern boy sitting there just relaxed out under the trees and just (laughs) Sharon, you know, just straightforward and it was so beautiful. And I know that he took a break from that for a while, but, uh, uh, gosh, uh, on a personal note, uh, Barry, I love hearing from you. Uh, goodness, I have, uh, uh, it's been terrible missing you all, uh, all of these years and uh, we're glad to see you back and please keep posting. And uh, that it doesn't have to agree with us. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's that it creates thought. Yeah. And this did that for us. And we got to work through it. And we'd like to hear back from Barry to see if he thinks that this is an acceptable perception of this.
0: You mean we could be. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah, I think Barry missed uh, those uh, particular uh uh days. I, I I don't know. But anyway, um we are uh we are certainly uh grateful. I have to say also that um uh, uh Barry, even though you know he was uh not uh, active as far as the teaching and things are going, from what I understand. If I'm wrong about that, you can correct me, Barry. But uh Barry was the caregiver for not only Don, but also for Laura. And Mm -hmm. he was the one that was there. He was the one that carried all of this out. He was the one that made sure their needs were met. He was the one that made sure that they had the food. He was the one that made sure they got to the hospital. He was the one that made sure that they made their doctor's appointments. And uh, we are eternally grateful for all of that. You are a gospel revolutionary, my friend, and you will always be. You Mm -hmm. have been inducted into the Hall of Fame, so you can't (laughs) get out.
0: (laughs) Uh, Didn't Don have some sort of reward uh, in ordination or something? (laughs) Or maybe that was Sean Smith. I don't know. One of them had (laughs) two dastardly people you're talking about.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Those two together. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> uh, just you know, you just need to stand back and let it happen. So, <laughs> uh,
0: along the same lines, uh, Laird Smith uh, wrote in. He said, "You have certainly done a marvelous work in digging out the unheard story. I enjoy the conversation about angels. Does the Bible say that Lucifer had legions of his own angels, or was there only Lucifer doing the dirty work?" Also, I once did a study on the cherubim that God placed at the entrance of the Garden of Eden and realized that the cherubim was a thought. I cannot locate that study, but I'm hoping that uh, you can help me f- discover if I actually did the study right. And Mike, do you remember the meetings we had with you in S- Sylvan Lake, Alberta uh, during the late 90s? <laughs> Jesus. Uh, Candace McKee. Uh, was there, and her husband, Fred. I was there, and my landlady, Gail Sutley, who died last spring. Mm. There were others whose names I forget. Uh, You've come a long way since then. So glad you are pressing Mm. on.
1: Well, goodness gracious. Thanks for that trip uh, back to Sylvan Lake. Uh, Sylvan Lake, my number one memory, I I remember I did a, I know it was at least a four-day. Uh, may have been longer, but I taught three times a day, every day, uh, stayed at the lodge, everybody else stayed at the lodge and, uh, or surrounding, uh, hotels. It's a beautiful area. If you can imagine just being there in that Canadian air, Uh, uh, Canadian air breathes different than (laughs) it does here. I don't know why, but, uh, it's just so crisp, so fresh and, uh, just the, the, the feeling of uh, being in that country to me is a really wonderful experience. But uh, uh, Sylvan Lake is where the story comes from of the uh, young man that uh, came with his father. And uh, so I'm uh, teaching. I used to be able to tell people exactly what I was teaching on, but I, I don't remember at this moment. It may come back to me. But uh, this man came with his 16-year-old son, and uh, he was sitting and listening, and his son was right next to him, and um, we uh, went through several sessions, and then I was headed back to my room with my Bibles and my notebook. I was absolutely exhausted. We were several days in at this point. And, um, this, and, and if, if you know who this was, I would appreciate knowing I'd love to make contact with his family, but I was walking down the hallway in this, uh, lodge and this gentleman came up behind me and he said, uh, Mr. Williams, he said, may I speak to you a minute? I said, sure. Of course. And I stopped and, uh, he started to talk, but he started to cry almost immediately. He said, I, there's several things I want to say. Number one, I want to apologize for some of the things that I've said about you. And uh, he said um, back last year, I guess it was when his son was 15 or maybe he had already turned 16. It had just been a few months. Because I was going back to Canada often. And uh, he said, um Uh, My son went to spend the weekend with some of our friends, and they took him to one of your meetings. And he said, uh, you need to know that had we known they were taking him to your meetings, because I was well known in the Christian community up there. (laughs) And being warned by everybody, like a former boss that you had, (laughs) to beware 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 and um but he was just one of them he, he certainly had uh, good company and um they uh uh he went on to explain he said if if we would have known that he was coming he would have never come to your meeting he said but my son he said we've we are a good christian family he said i would say we're just a very good solid just everyday christian family We make sure our children are in church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. And, uh, he said, but my son, after he became a teenager, he said he started changing drastically and said that he, he started, uh, walking through the house just wringing his hands and said he couldn't sleep, said he'd wake up from these, uh, uh, nightmares. And they, they said, he said, we, even as a Christian family, who don't believe in this kind of thing, eventually took him to a psychiatrist mm. because uh, we were very concerned about his life. And he said, but the one thing that happened was he came to your meeting uh, one time, uh, one night at your, ha- at your meeting uh, last year. And he said, the one thing we could not deny, he said, from that day forward, My son never walked the halls ring in his hands. He never, he said he slept like a baby. He was back to the way he was before all this started. Wow. And, uh, and of course, just, uh, gut wrenching tears coming out and hugging me and thanking me for what I had done for he and his family, especially his son. So we came to the end of that, and, of course, I always do the pass around the mic, say what you got to say, you know, loved it, hated it, you're stupid, you know, (laughs) you're the greatest thing since sliced bread, whatever you want to say. What did you learn? And so um, uh, we uh, passed the mic around, and this young man never never said anything until everybody had that was going to say something did, and then finally he raised his
3: hand. Mm -hmm. Uh, they passed the mic to him and this young boy took the mic and held it in front of his face and he said I have a future and I will Carry those words. I have carried
1: those words with me for all of these years. Uh, back to that Sylvan Lake meetings. Do I remember Sylvan Lake? Yes, I mm-hmm. remember Sylvan Lake. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, to, let's see, we're robbing. See, when I hear about these revivals and stuff, that's what I hear. They're robbing these young people's future from it. Because wow. I know yeah. what they're telling them. I don't care how revived they get. They're telling them about the end of the world. They're telling them about going to hell. I know what mm. they're doing. Don't try to impress me with a, with a damned revival. That's why we dropped the term revival uh, to getting right down to the brass tacks. And I started saying, we don't need a revival. We need a revolution. Mm. And that's where the gospel revolution was born, was out of this statement of revival because I was sick of the revival. Yeah. You know, and revival in a revival and a revival in a revival. And, and it's uh and I remember my statement back then was even pretty raw. I said, you know, if something needs to be revived, maybe it just needs to be that we that instead of reviving it, we just need to let it die. <laughs> 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 and dear God, that was, you know, uh well, let's see. Uh the first official the, of course the gospel revolution site went up in 97 and we are the oldest uh grace based almost the oldest ministry uh, online yeah. uh i don't know about the but we were one of the first of uh, uh if not the first of of a few uh long before Copeland ministries and all of these went online because you know they uh uh, we were kind of pressed into service to go online because doors got closed everywhere. <laughs> um, I have a future. Mm. I, you know, I, I want to say something right now, Daniel. And I want to say this to the audience that will be listening to us and to this recording 20 years from now, 50 years from now. I want to speak to the audience that will be listening to us a 100 years from now. I want to speak to the audience that will be listening to us 500 years from now. I want to speak to the audience that will be listening to us a thousand years from now. I want to speak to the audience that will be listening to us 5,000 years from now. I knew you were going to be here.
3: Mm -hmm. Now,
1: I want you to stop and think about that. And go back and listen to all the recordings that took place at the same time that this one did. How many of them knew you were
3: going to be here? Mm -hmm.
1: None of them gave you, quote, a hope in hell of being here. The end was coming. The end of the world was coming and all of this. And uh, I was thinking about this last night. It's so interesting that this popped up in the middle of this because uh, uh, of this young man uh, in Sylvan Lake coming up. And, uh, man, I tell you what, uh, and, and when you hear this, this will be a very simple way to compare what we have taught compared to all of the other things that are being taught right now. Just compare that one thing. When you're listening a uh, hundred years from now, I knew you were going to be listening. Mm-hmm. I knew you were going to be here. I knew the earth was going to continue. I knew it. Now, as you're listening a hundred years from now, of course, I've been gone a long time. Daniel might still be around, but <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I'm I'm long gone, and uh, but I knew you were going to be here because Mm-mm. the gospel told me you were going to be here.
0: Mm-mm. Look what you did, Laird. <laughs> yeah, goodness gracious, and uh, that's why we say questions are the lifeblood of the gospel revolution. Yeah,
1: mm. that that may be the very first time that's ever been said on earth from a ministry. You know. Uh. You know, we we, we know
0: you're going to be there. The interesting thing about it, Michael, is for me, when I had that discovery that I have a future, hmm. it was a future not that God had preplanned. Oh, thank you. And laid out for me, uh, but it was one where I understood that I was the master of my fate and I was the captain of my soul. Yes. Yeah.
1: And that's all the difference in the world, folks. I mean, uh, we try to draw these bright lines so that you can see the difference. But we realize that uh, to do that, we have to show you what these other guys are saying. Because if we don't compare it, you're going to get caught in a meeting in uh, Pensacola or in Canada or someplace and And because you feel something, you're going to become convinced that there's a hell, that there is a a judgment coming, that the end of the world is coming. And uh, uh, we know that the end of the world came 2000 years ago. The only end of any world that needed to come has come. And I can take you through dozens of places through the Hebrew scriptures that promise that the earth and the uh, the cosmos and what god created as the heaven uh, as the heaven and earth the
0: stars and the planets uh they will never be destroyed and if you want to know how that's going to come about and how it did come about stay tuned to march 24 25 26 as we go through the revelation yeah <laughs> um so Larrant and and Backing up here to his question about the the legions, did he have his own legions of angels? Uh. Um, a story that comes to my mind, Michael, is uh, the madman that Jesus confronted, and uh, they said that our name was legion. And what did the Bible tells us that Jesus cast out those spirits into the herd of swine. Yeah. Um, so that was you know obviously it was more than one being or entity, um, and. You had mentioned earlier there about the third of these angels that had uh, fallen with Lucifer, the devil, the serpent, Satan. Yeah. Whatever name you want to give them. Beelzebub. <laughs> <laughs> that one's a funny
1: one to me. <laughs> uh, sounds like something that should go in the garden. <laughs> going to plant the Beelzebubs right over here (laughs) (laughs) and we're gonna we're gonna grow little demons (laughs) (laughs) oh lordy you run this thing off the rails every time you know that (laughs) i try (laughs) well uh yeah and the only other thing that we can refer to that on uh is that um Uh, Lucifer, and a third of the angels. So Mm -hmm. uh, we don't know how many a third was, but we know that we're going to go through the Revelation, and it talks about an an innumerable company of angels uh, uh, being there. So we don't know what a third of innumerable is. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, But uh, the uh, issue is that we understand through the gospel that these guys, uh Lucifer, the devil, demons, all of this uh was absolutely eradicated out of the equation two thousand years ago. I am mm. totally convinced of it. I know we even have the stories in the book of Acts, you know, where that there was a demon, this and demon that, but um, uh this this demon activity seemed to really went into high gear after the ministry of Jesus started. Yeah. And uh, so we're going to show you why that may have happened, why that Mm -hmm. that went into high gear along with the uh, ministry of Jesus coming into existence.
0: Yeah. Michael, we also heard from Michael Turi, uh, another one of our, uh master questioners (laughs) (laughs) wonderful we do appreciate these questions coming in Uh, michael tourie writes daniel i appreciate tuesday's message and michael he's talking about uh the one you did uh last week but when michael said god left heaven to live in humankind evangelicals are going to say he is omniscient um uh, there's a fun word for me (laughs) omniscient God can be in heaven and inside human beings at the same time. How does one respond to that?
1: Uh, Well, uh, as you've heard, Michael, we've been talking about not only the union of God and man together, but the union of heaven and earth together. Mm. So, yes, uh, in a technicality, God does live in heaven, but it's called the heavenlies now. It's called Mm. the kingdom of God now. And, uh, there's no separate heaven from earth anymore. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. And,
1: uh, so because there's no separate from, uh, man to God, there is no separate from earth to heaven also anymore. Mm. So, uh, uh, that technicality is really a beautiful technicality that if you follow the, pick up the little string and follow it down the block and turn to the left and, uh, Look then over to the right, it's like, bam, there it is. Uh, It's not only uh, mankind and God that became one, it's heaven and earth, one place. Even as man and God became one entity, one entity needs one place. Mm. One entity can't have two places.
0: Oh, that's beautiful.
1: So, uh mm. it's 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 all just math, I'm telling you. <laughs> but when we get above the number 1, I'm lost. But one's <laughs> all I need to understand the whole gospel. <laughs>
0: mm. The God man living in heaven earth. Yes, there you go. Yeah, that was a uh, that's a good clarification for us to understand. Yes, God vacated heaven but heaven vacated heaven yeah, exactly <laughs> as well exactly uh, you know heaven and heaven if you think about it is the domain of god i think mm-hmm. that would be you know uh the one of the writers of the gospels the kingdom of god um and so wherever god is that is heaven mm-hmm. so if god is here on the earth with us and in us then heaven is here in us and with us mm-hmm. i think jesus said something like that don't say, hey, there's a kingdom of heaven, or there's a kingdom of heaven. or go to Asbury College because there's a kingdom of heaven. He says, no, look within the kingdom of heaven. Yes. In you. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. So what do we say to people who say that uh, something's to be found at Asbury College? Jesus said, don't go look.
0: (laughs) 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 Because it ain't there. (laughs) Um, One more letter for us, Michael. Um, And this one comes all the way from Italy. Hi, I'm Joyce, and I've been listening to the Gospel Revolution for almost a year, and I've been reading the Bible lately. I grew up in an all-girls Christian school, and ever since I listened to the podcast uh, and YouTube videos, I have been questioning a lot of things. Like, why did God purposely put the tree of the knowledge in the garden and then warn Adam and Eve not to touch it? And when God told them that that they would be quote killed unquote Genesis two seventeen, but they didn't die; they were just cast out. Was that God's first lie too? I'm sorry, I have some questions, but I'm glad you guys share the gospel. I'm a big fan from Italy, and I have been sharing things to my friends. They are kind of mind blown, but it all <laughs> makes sense. Thank you.
1: Uh, yes, and and I think I know. Uh, Joyce, Uh, I think I met Joyce actually while I was there, and uh, Joyce is a delightful uh, young lady and uh, certainly enjoyed my time there. Uh, Now, uh, uh, and I did understand that she had started listening to the gospel uh, as she began to uh, explore these things, and I know that it has been quite an impact on her life. Uh so uh, number 1 uh you know hello uh to Joyce and uh thank you for listening in we appreciate it and we uh uh look forward to all the benefits that that will be to your heart and mind we benefit from knowing you're there uh the, um this gets to the really to the guts of what we've been talking about And that is that before God said, let there be light, this was all planned out. Mm. Uh, It was planned, uh, Joyce, it was planned in the mind of God and Christ before God said, let there be light. And so the things that happened in the garden did not happen by default, they happened by purpose. Now, do we understand the reason for the purpose? We understand the long-term reason for the purpose. It was so because when God created man, his intent was to eventually move in. God created his home uh, when he formed Adam out of the dust of the earth, uh, when he uh, made uh, Eve out of the rib. God had created his eventual Home. Uh, God did not live in Adam and Eve. It's very clear according to the story. So there is the, the, the figuring out that God Himself did, whether we ever figure it out or not, God did, let me assure you that. That by doing this in this fashion, that it would draw him more into and in the process of getting into man through the work of the cross and becoming one, the God-man, the heaven-earth, and uh, that that would be a part of the process. Uh, the uh, When when you view, as I, I did just a, a several years ago, as the garden, as the place where man failed, this is where man failed to be what God wanted him to be. But if you look at the big picture, you see that, Man was actually being exactly what God needed him to be to create a um, uh, an asymmetrical. That's another term we need to remember. It's another one of those wonderful uh, uh, terms uh, that uh, 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 geometric terms that helps us understand the gospel. God created an asymmetrical relationship with man. There was a Holy God and a man that was good. He said, it's all good, but it's not God. Good ain't God, Mm. right? And uh, so there was an asymmetrical relationship that started. And so asymmetrical um, situations were set up to demonstrate that asymmetry, such as I'm going to put a tree in there and then tell him not to eat of it. (laughs) <laughs> right so uh now and like i say i do not yet understand uh, i see the wisdom of it in the big picture but uh to get down into the uh the dirt man as we, uh, we started calling adam and and seeing exactly how that was how it was part of the process i don't know that But I do know the big picture and that that is a part of ending the asymmetry that was created. The moment that God created man, he created an asymmetrical relationship. Mm. And when Jesus came to earth as God, that was a completely symmetrical relationship. And out of that one singular symmetrical relationship came the entire world being symmetrical in God, in Christ, in the heaven earth. There's no there's asymmetry between heaven and earth. So the uh, the, the moment that uh, God created the earth, he created asymmetry. Mm-hmm. Uh, even within the earth, there is asymmetry. Our weather isn't asymmetry, our climate is an asymmetry, it's always in battle with itself. And um the, the entire thing is to look for that equilibrium where the asymmetry is gone, because where there's asymmetry, there's conflict, Yeah. right? I, I sound like a college professor here, and I swear <laughs> to God, I dropped out of school in my sophomore year of high school. <laughs> so the, the goal was to, uh, the, the asymmetri- uh, asymmetry, though, was uh, it, the way that God created and it was for the purpose of ending it all in uh being symmetrical uh that one is this and this is one and that's this and this is the other uh that didn't sound like a college professor <laughs> <laughs> that sounded more like scuttles with the <laughs> little mermaid <laughs> i go the whole gamut <laughs> um, so <laughs> um uh, so wonderful question though. And, uh, it, does uh, it should give you pause and the pause that you take at that point is what convinces me that you're hooked on the gospel, girl. <laughs> mm, yeah, it's beautiful. And please write in anytime. We'd love to hear from you.
0: Anytime. And, uh, just as a, um, uh, a point of a technicality, um, the and maybe this is a translation issue um between Italian and English. Um, but Genesis 217 doesn't say that they would be killed. Uh it said that they yes. would die. Yeah. And 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 that's a good difference to to understand and to think about. God didn't come in and, and kill them, uh, but there was a death that took place. Yes. Uh, and you know, we've been trying to articulate exactly what that death is. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that we're still <laughs> I think trying to sharpen a little bit to describe that death.
1: And the only thing that we can compare it to is the life we received in Christ. Yeah. So the death we died is uh equal to and opposite to the life we received in Christ. Mm. And it didn't raise us from the physical dead. So we know that this was not a physical death. Now uh, people get really sensitive when you start talking about a spiritual death or any of these things because that just well, spirit can't die. And it's like, well, but can you think, you know, just long enough, yeah. hold the thought long enough to where you can think through it instead of being offended by the thought. And, uh, but, but this is what we do know is it wasn't physical death because if physical death was a part of creation, uh, then our physical death was not a part of creation. Everything we know about the circle of life, if you will, mm. uh, you know, you'd uh, nothing would have died, and yeah. and then would it have had the ability to reproduce if it couldn't die? And uh, because it reproduces, and if nothing dies, and all you do is reproduce. Uh, we'd be stacked to the, to the second heaven in grasshoppers. <laughs> oh, uh, goodness. I mean, uh, forget humans and elephants and lions and tigers and bears. Oh my. I mm-hmm. mean, can you think of the, uh, of uh, thousands of years, biblically recorded 6,000 years of nothing, everything reproducing, but nothing dying. Yeah. Not doable. <laughs> no. No. So uh, we know what was not doable. It's obvious. So the only way that this was speaking of physical death is the, the only way it could have been speaking of physical death. You will die is if the uh, if God had not planned on reproduction. Mm-hmm. See, reproduction could not have been a part of creation if physical death was not a part of creation. Wow. That's good.
0: That'll preach. Ah, Yeah. That's (laughs) professor speaking. (laughs) Wow. Thank you, everybody who has written in. And, um, you know, I know there are more who have written in and just said, thank you and keep up the good work and all of that. And we just appreciate it. Uh, You know, we do ask you every week to, hit that share, like, comment button on the platforms, and we want you to know that it really does help. Uh, uh, Some of the ground that we covered here today was wonderful, and we would have never done it if it wasn't for your questions. So uh, keep the questions coming. Mm -hmm. Keep the comments coming. And uh, if you find that you are listening to us on uh, Facebook or uh, Spotify or any of the other platforms out there, please uh, uh, rate us, give us a like, give us a thumbs up. You know, we like the thumbs up, but we'll take a thumbs down even. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, <laughs> uh, all of it is is helpful, and uh, so we do appreciate everyone being involved and uh, keep them letters coming.
1: And let me say also, uh, Daniel, to uh, people who disagree with us, we still encourage you to listen to us
2: mm-hmm. because
1: it will sharpen your message.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: If we are wrong. If you listen to us, you'll be able to pick out where we are wrong. Now, yeah. let me tell you, I'm encouraging you to listen to us because we listen to you. Don't think we're not listening. Don't think we don't click on to Andre Rabe and that we don't look, click on to and read articles from. Uh, and we read Mirror Bible and we uh, we keep up with the Global Grace to see what they're uh, saying and we have to go through surreptitious means because they blocked us on <laughs> everything. <laughs> so we have to find incognito gospel revolutionaries to be able to grab hold of these videos. And, Shh! Uh, don't tell. me yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, and it's not Daniel. It's not Daniel. <laughs> but uh, we uh, we listen to you. Why would we listen to you? And why would you not listen to us? Think about that just a moment. Why would we listen to people that we think are completely wrong and those people won't listen to us because they think we're completely wrong? Because we want to know. We want to know if there's any merit to what you're saying and is there a possibility that we are wrong in what we are saying? And, and uh, is this, but what has happened is it has sharpened the gospel for us and for our listeners. So, but when you get into something that doesn't uh, encourage you to listen to other opinions and discourages you from listening to other opinions, you are
0: in a cult. And with that... We must leave you, family and friends. If you'd like to know anything about the Gospel Revolution, then call our office on 832-318-9339 and speak to us about how you want to participate. Or go to www.gospelrevolution.com and hit the Connect link. You can find us on your favorite social media network, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Please be sure to hit that subscribe, share, and like button on whatever platform you are listening. And now it's good night from Daniel Rouse in... We are buried in snow in the frozen tundra. <laughs> That's so sad.
1: <laughs> and it is good night from Michael Williams. Where we're having a cooler uh, spring day today, but tomorrow back in the seventies again.
0: Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> we sure hope that you enjoyed today's Powercast, and remember, we'll be here to do the same thing all over again next week, only better.
1: You're knocking on the door You're begging to come in, again. Yeah. I know with it all the while Love's been knocking from within You are the
2: love you seek A perfect love you need, right?
1: It's not a thing that you need, you're the love Just remember to breathe and take a second off Look, I'm just trying to remind you that you are
0: Deconstructing religion and barbecuing the sacred cows of Christianity before your
1: very eyes. You are listening to Gospel Revolution.